Welcome to the Venley Expert Talks, where we aim to inspire Web3 builders with great stories from great minds. I'm your host, Alexandra Ahrens, and I'd like to remind you that you can always reach out to us on Twitter, Discord, or LinkedIn with ideas for the podcast and questions for our guests. Welcome to episode 35 of the Venley Expert Talks. Today I'm joined by Ryan Lassie, SVP of Marketing at House of Kiba, and we're going to be talking about how to make it through a bear market. So welcome, Ryan. Thanks for taking your time today. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks. Um, And so let's jump right into, I want to know your background and how you got started in crypto, you know, the origin story, as it were. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Um, My background um, is very much originally not in crypto, as I think many people's is not. Um, But my first exposure um, was probably... 2017, around the time kind of Bitcoin, Ethereum, that hype started really building. Um, I worked in the music industry at Spotify at the time. So I was working really closely with a lot of artists. A lot of artists were getting into it. Um, So that was my first bit of like dabbling in the space. Um, I really didn't get super invested into it until probably 20. 20 2021 um when i was working with some artists and some management companies that were diving much deeper into web3 um and and that's kind of where my point of interest really shifted my career shifted um i ended up with house of kiba but prior to that um i really come from marketing music um ran record labels when i was young I worked at Red Bull for 10 years or close to 10 years in various marketing functions, Um, went to Spotify um, during the pre and post IPO phase of the business. Um, And then from there, I started making my way into startups and, and, you know, found my interest was helping grow businesses um, or people versus just um, kind of sustaining the existing brands out there. So, um, Web three just it just made sense. It's like we're so it's so early. Um, there's so much opportunity for innovation, and that's what excites me. It's just that that idea of bettering the web experience, um, bettering artists and creators, and then the people that want to be part of it. And I think that's a uh, you know there's so much um, we can do across the board. So that's where I'm where that's I'm at. Awesome. Yeah, cool. Cool. Yeah, I was going to say it's quite a big jump from Red Bull and Spotify to House of Kiba. That's really cool. I mean, um, it's it's one of the, as big of a jump as you could get probably yeah. where uh, it's stability versus like yeah. high risk, but um, you know, that's why I, that's why I did it. You know, it's it's okay. it's cool. an important it's important for people um, to make their way over to the space to help build it and help others prosper. So yeah, cool. Very cool. Okay. Um, maybe you can give us an overview of what House of Kiba is, just for anyone who's listening who might be unfamiliar. Yeah, for sure. Um, House of Kiba is, in my best terms, kind of an innovation hub and studio that um, is helping bridge Web 2 to Web 3. So um, we have a team of creative strategists, 3D artists, um, tech wizards, marketers, um, and one we're 
delivering NFT and blockchain solutions for you know other partners and businesses. And then two, we have our own set of products we're build, building, whether it be um, our metaverse land that's built in Unreal Engine um, and is um, blockchain agnostic, so works across multiple blockchains, um, or we have you know our PFP projects, which have evolved into play to earn game, has evolved into the first live action sci fi series. Um, you know, we're, we're we've got quite a bit on our plate, but really. At the core of it, um, I'd say we are helping bridge Web 2 to Web 3, um, make that jump easy for people, um, and then innovate through our um, NFT architecture, our, our 3D, amazing 3D artists, and then our strategy. That's awesome. Yeah, and I think that kind of that overall goal um, has been very well aligned with Venly, especially through the, the Meta yep. Ring. Because of that, that's, yeah, it's been interesting. It's been really cool to, to work with you guys. I know our community team in particular loves you guys. So. Well, I, mean, I, I love you guys too. And it's just fun that we, you know, we have even have like our own little Slack channel between each group. And it's just like, you know, if, if someone has a question or anything comes up, it's, it definitely feels like we work together as a, a team rather than even just a partner. Right. And I think that's yeah. what, this whole space is built on. Yeah, I agree. I think it's that's exactly right. Cool. So, in the same kind of way that you did it, but maybe not as uh, as generally, what would be some tips that you might have for someone who wants to transition from classic design to NFT design? Yeah, I think the beauty of the space is that there's room for everyone and every type of design, every type of art, every type of creative, um, there, there's space for everyone. And for me, I think making that shift is more about a mindset shift um, versus your craft. And um, I think what it comes down to is, you know, having that um, ability or willingness to adapt fast, um, identify your interests versus just the interests of other people. And I think that's sick with creators in general. Um, where I've seen success working in music was that the creators that did their thing versus someone else's thing is what helped them really like move. And, and I think that when you start talking about IP ownership in Web3 and that ability to own your product versus someone else owning it or granting ownership to someone else like via an NFT, there is just so much more fulfillment there from a creator perspective. And um, I think you get if you get that willingness to adapt just a little bit to the how the space really operates logistically and um, from a community perspective, you'll be so much more liberated from working that nine to five design job for somebody else um, because it real, Web3 just sets you up to explore yourself, explore others. And, and I think the ownership aspect of it is just what gets me so excited um, and, and hopefully can, will be what gets other creatives excited and interested and like kind of tiptoeing into the space or jumping in headfirst. That's like 
that's my biggest thing is just just that willingness to adapt a little bit, but know you can still be exactly who you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it. Cool. Good. Let's kind of look at the bear market now. Um, <laughs> a lot of people don't like talking about it, but it was something that you specifically want to talk about. So I'm, I'm very intrigued. Kind of maybe let's start out very generally with, well, yeah, first of all, why? Why did you want to talk about it? Let's start there. I, so I was so inspired um, a few weeks ago. I went to NFT NYC and we are in like the heart of the bear market right now. Like this is like, it's, it's very bearish and it's, it's quite regularly it's bearish across not just web three, but you know, global markets. Right. So we have to remember that. So I think in web three and crypto, everyone's like, we, we start sometimes feeling siloed, like we are this only thing in the, in a bear market, but it's just, it's just not what it is. So we, you step outside of that a little bit and take that bigger picture view and you're like, Oh, okay. We're not alone. So I went to NFT NYC and I was blown away. I was like, NFTs are not dead. Web three is not dead. We are not (laughs) going anywhere. Like it is more alive than ever. And in fact, we're just, we're just that early and we just kind of stumbled into this global bear market across all markets. Um, But what got me excited about the topic was seeing for at least for the first time since I've really, really deep dove into NFTs and and Web3 was like real life utility and people emerging from their PFPs and um, probably a lot of people for the first time, right? Where they're like, they kind of hidden behind this Twitter account and then it got them out of that world and into their, their, their real life world. And I was seeing, you know, founders dox themselves. And I think one of the biggest things in this bear market was like, to, you have to build trust and to build trust often takes some sort of doxing um, at some point. Um, not to say, you have to be this super public figure all the time, but um, I was just super inspired by people, like founders that wanted to bring their communities together and and show that this is real. And then you walk into Times Square and there's these billboards everywhere. And it's like, I, it just made me realize like, yes, we may be in a bear market, but we're just at the beginning of this whole thing. And it's, and it's just not going anywhere. And I think that's what inspired me to talk about it. It's like, it's okay to be in a bear market. It's it's our time to build. That's it's it's the most important time to build. Cool. There's a couple of points that you just said that I want to dig into a little bit deeper here. So, first thing you mentioned was utility. So, obviously utility has been important the whole time, of course, and maybe even growing in importance. Why is it specifically so important right now, would you say? Um I I'd say that for the last like year during these projects dropping and the hype and the FOMO building, there was this expectation to build roadmaps and everyone had to have a roadmap. And if you didn't have a roadmap, you were a rug pull and this and that. And quite frankly, I think probably even a lot of the rug pulls had no intention of being rug pulls because they just like panicked on expectations and didn't know (laughs) what to do. Right. So um, I think utility doesn't have to be 
a physical like tool that you provide someone, whether it's digitally or in real life, utility doesn't have to mean you're giving someone an opportunity to flip an NFT to make money. Um, where I'm starting to really see in a bear market, the most important utility is, is the brand building piece. And I kind of mentioned this as like, if you can build purpose for a community and the holders in your community to then go advocate on behalf of your brand or identify with your brand, you're going to build more and more audience. It's, it's very basic marketing and branding 101, right? So um, <clears throat> I think the utility I'm really focusing on my, for myself when I'm looking at projects is like what brands and what people are here to stay and building meaningful purpose um, within the space. And I think that's like the utility specifically I'm looking for um, is the brand building piece. Um, I'm really enjoying like projects that are focusing on less roadmap, more communication and more um, community interaction. Like let the community help you build, right? Like that's what we want to do. I'm in many communities and that's what I want to do for that community is help them build too. Um, and I think utility can come in any form a founder or a community decides they that it can come in. It does not have to be like so black and white. What would you say to brands that are maybe concerned about getting their community involved, having an effect on kind of watering down the brand in any way? That's a good question. Um, I'd, I think you, ha you, you should listen to your community the same way big brands listen to either their investors or their board members or their, their they, brands do surveys all the time, MPS scores, all these traditional things, right? Um, you should listen to your community, but you shouldn't act on every single thing that your community says to do or that one person says to do. Um, you ultimately have to build that brand in a way that is meaningful to you as a creator or a founder. And, and yes, like look at the market, look at the community, speak to the people you want to speak to, but you never have to listen to everyone and nor should any brand listen to everyone. You're not trying to please every single person out there. And if, if a, if a community or a person decides, you know what, this isn't right for me anymore, the, the beauty of Web3 is you have that opportunity to make decisions for yourself and you can leave that community. Um, what I hope we get away from is all the FUD and all the anxiety it brings to people because it, it, it's, it's not necessary. You know, I think, again, people forget that a lot of the people building for them are just real people just like they are. Right. And um, you have to take that step back as a founder or as a brand and, and be okay with some people not being happy and, and just try to learn from it. And, and don't, don't let those instances water down what you're trying to build, you know, instead let it empower you a little bit. Mm-hmm. So between what you said initially with trust and a lot of the founders doxing themselves and kind of how you just mentioned, 
you need to build for yourself and and people forget that it's a real person behind the project sometimes how do you think those things interact with the bear market is it something where the bear market is helping bring that um yeah making it function together a little bit better (laughs) I i think so because for a couple reasons i think one the people that well, at least what I've noticed, I'm, I, I'm not saying I'm an expert in every aspect of communities and, and whatnot, but what I see from my personal experience was when people felt that you weren't, you weren't bringing value to them and they couldn't make more money off your NFT or this or that, it created this FUD and this stress and this... Um, this anxiety, even for myself, I was like, man, this is brutal out here. And um, we've had moments even at House of Kiba where we've gone through changes that have created this like snowball effect of just accusations. And, and, and we've luckily worked through them because we're a docs team and that's what we do. Um, what I think this bear market helps is weed out some of the people that are here for the wrong reasons or the people that aren't willing to accept that we aren't just here to make you a bunch of passive money, right? We're here to build really meaningful change and and growth within the space. Um, And that's what has helped the bear market. The bear market has helped is like this PFP casino where people are here just flipping (laughs) NFTs. And there's always going to be a piece of that, of course, but that's what it was like at the heart for so long over the last six months to 12 months was like this FOMO in, can I make a buck on this? A lot of that's gone. People are picking and choosing wisely where they want to put their money or their time. And, and I think that I'm I'm probably rambling on a bit and, and losing some of the question, but that to me is like why the bear market has really helped some of this because it's allowed many people to refocus their energy, whether you're simply consuming and part of communities or you are building. And that's, it's helped both sides. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then um, the other point that you mentioned at the top was, was building. So, and you just mentioned it again, and it's something that of course we're talking a lot about as well of now is the time to build, build, build how, yeah. What does that look like for you and your team? And how would you kind of translate that into ideas for people listening? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a time to like use this bear market as a point of motivation, right? Like in my mind, the people that are here working are the ones that are going to succeed. You know, I think that's, this it's a it's again classic like bit brand and product building like there's we're always going to go through this sort of like up and down cycle of markets um i think from a house of kiba perspective when we saw the market kind of trending down you know yeah we we've we made some tough decisions when it came to product launches and you know maybe having to change what some of the products looked like or or how we delivered or when we delivered. Um, But I'd say where 
when you communicate that effectively to your holders or your people that are part of your community, um, they, you find that it actually empowers you and them to build together versus us just building for somebody else, like, or for them, right? Like instead of us just talking and speaking and saying, this is what you want, we've now flipped it and been like, what do you want? And what are the tools that are going to actually help you build your experience in Web3? And so when we're talking about, say, our land sale, our pocket dimension land sale um, that we've been building, um, you know, we have this big vision for it and all these utilities, which we still have. But instead of like us saying, we're going to deliver this, 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 and this order, we've now been speaking with the community, doing like monthly, quarterly um, sort of community conversations and meetups to figure out what is the most important to deliver now versus tomorrow. So it's helped us reprioritize our product building um, and how those pieces weave together and kind of connect into one ecosystem. Um, And I think that's been really inspiring to me um, as a leader in, in, in House of Kiva is that ability to just take a step back, make sure we're all on the same level together and, and finding out what is actually bringing people the most value versus what do I think brings the most value. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of been my mindset when it came to like the building piece for, for House of Kiva. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So you've talked about community a lot and that's completely makes sense, of course. <laughs> um, how do you see that as kind of an avenue for not just building, but um, yeah, how, how important or in what ways is the community important for you in the bear market where it wasn't necessarily as important in a bull market? Yeah, I mean, I know everyone always says this, but like in a lot of ways, community is everything because it is your foundation. The people that have been with House Akiba from the beginning when we did our Genesis drop and then our Gen X drop and on and on, it's like those people are so fundamentally core to our existence. And um, I think I kind of referenced this early, rather than a lot of people FOMOing in to the market right now, they're looking for stability and they're looking for meaning. And if you have an authentic community that cares about what you're building and is invested and excited about what you're building, those are people that will go out and talk about you, support you, um, stand with you. And that's the best form of one marketing, but two, um, the best form of I guess optically, like there's trust and credibility within your business. And I think um, we can't lose sight of that and no one should lose sight of that. Um, You can't get too greedy and think you um, are so big and so good that people will just come because it's just not the way it is. And we're we're seeing that. And and, And now I'm really thinking about every decision I make or every 
piece of communication I put out into the world and ensuring that I'm, I'm thinking of it from the lens of each possible stakeholder within, within that um, project. So um, yeah, fundamentally my community is everything to me. And um, it doesn't mean I don't want to bring more people in and, and expand to, to greater groups of like larger groups of people, but man, I've learned so much from, the people we I get to communicate with, um, you know, I mentioned NFT NYC. I got to meet a lot of them in person for the first time, and they flew to NYC to meet with their communities and their people. And I, I was just so inspired and grateful to to actually be one of them and and connect at that level. Because again, oftentimes as someone helping lead a company you do feel alone sometimes and you are just, you feel like you're just trying to build a campaign to tell people to do something and build a call to action. Um, yeah. And you have to take a step back from that and, and really make sure you stay on the same level as everyone that's, you know, with anything I do, that's now my goal is just being on that same level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. So we did talk about utility. Um, how else, or maybe could you dig into that a little bit further? Um, how do you think a bear market influences the way NFTs are created, sold, purchased? Yeah. Um, there's, it, this is a crazy one for me. Um, I don't know. I just, it's, <laughs> I, my hope is that it doesn't change the way things are created per se when it comes to like, if I'm a creative and I come in and I have my art, it should never change the way you think about your art. Um, what I think will help the creative process from, from like kind of utility perspective is like companies like say like a house of Kiba or a Venley, it's like we can now see as things have gotten bearish, what are the things people are caring about the most and how can we build on those things to further the web three experience? So, um, I think, you know, consumers are hesitant to impulse buy things the way they were. I mentioned the PFP casino and people flipping, like we're afraid, you know, it's like, it's their hard earned cash. And if like, they're not going to get that back in some way, like that piece of the, the purchasing of NFTs is significantly slowed. Um, so I think people are looking again, looking for the, the stability, the credibility. Um, I think people are looking for their founders to docs if they haven't, or they want to know there's some truth behind them. Um, and I think that is pushing founders into doxing. There's a lot more people doxing right now than there were six months ago. That's for sure. Um, and that's creating authenticity. So I think those that those fundamental ideas of authenticity and trust are going to impact the sales of secondary sales right now. So people jumping into a community or a project they weren't in before, they're like, oh, dead fellas, like they they doxed, they built brought IRL utility to their their fans. They they have an, a vibrant community. There's there's no fud. There's none of this like anxiety around it. Okay, I'll jump in and I'll I'm I'm going to join this community because I feel this sense of stability and I feel 
this sense of care from the founders, right? So I think you're going to see more of that versus people paying to jump into a new project that is just unheard of, right? Um, so yeah, again, it comes down to that genuine brand building and that genuine idea to attach yourself to something that has greater meaning that you trust and that can, that can help you stay or grow in the space. Mm-hmm. So focusing more on the things you like rather than just flipping. Exactly. Exactly. Focus on like what you enjoy. And, and especially if you're new into the space and just coming in, think about what you like and what inspires you and what gets you excited those are, that's why you should be here, right? Like that's, that's, that's the, the beauty of this space is it's going to, it's going to be this endless environment that will take you into art world into heck this, this is going to go in so many different fields eventually. Um, and we're just scratching the surface, maybe come in and like speak to (laughs) NFT Twitter on what you want. and, And that doesn't exist yet. And then create it with people, right? Like, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Now's the time to build. (laughs) As we keep saying. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Very good. Let's, Let's go into the building. Let's go into the how do you see or what opportunities do you see, I guess, for innovation during this time that maybe weren't at all available before the bear market hit? I think I kind of alluded to this a little bit um, when it came to like roadmap building. You know, I think there was such a a strict structure and expectation from communities to like build this physical roadmap that had dates and milestones and this and that. And the reality of a roadmap is that you it forces you into a corner in. in a uh, industry that just changes and moves so fast. So one month is like a year, you know, and I think it, it actually decreases your ability to innovate in many ways. Um, I think the opportunity to innovate or just one opportunity to innovate is to actually build fluidity within your processes um, so that you can adapt adjust, change your plans. Um, and I know that's more of like a process thing versus like a technical like innovation. But I think that is like just so critical because you want to set expectations for the people that follow you, um, in a way that allows you to adjust. And, and then that's, for me, we've at House of Kiva, we've completely like we started flipping. Like literally back in May, June, we delivered this roadmap for our Gen Zeros project, and we're like, "Yes, this date, this date, this." And then we so quickly realized, like, it's not. It's probably not even possible because, and and, but what it did is actually we were like, you know, we went back to the community, like, "Hey guys, we're changing this date, but it's because we actually want to make it perfect for you." And it allowed us to then innovate on the the way we were putting together the smart contracts. It allowed us to innovate the way we were doing the artwork and the creative and then change the way 
it could impact the experience you have within the metaverse. So I think um, giving yourself that ability to adjust allows you to do better things and better innovate for your community. Um, that's kind of, that's been my thinking with innovation. Um, again, I'm not like a tech wizard by any means. So that piece of innovation, I, I'm not great at speaking to, but I think as far <laughs> as like process and, and allowing yourself to have that time for innovation is, um, critical. Okay. So do you feel like there, yeah, yeah. Do you feel like there's, um, maybe less pressure right now than you have because it's not such a financial focus time in the same way that it was before that, that you have, yeah. Yeah. More opportunity. Does that make sense? I think it's like case by case. So there, for me, there's always pressure because I work in marketing wow. and <laughs> yeah. it's like, you know what I mean? Like I'm on the front lines and, um, and I'm just a stress case in general, but that aside, <laughs> that aside, I think, um, I think now the pressure is just shifted from like the need to do something every single day and like ensure you're communicating every single day and, um, providing this clear roadmap, that pressure is eased up, at least from my perspective. The the people that I'm speaking to from our community or from our followers or whoever, um, they're expecting now for us to deliver, you know, mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. just talk. So the pressure actually shifts to ensuring we're delivering something really meaningful to them versus just delivering something to deliver something because we said we would. And I think a lot of projects get stuck in this like, oh shit, we just minted out this this project. Oh my gosh, what are we going to do to fulfill? Oh, maybe we'll just make some merch. Oh, maybe we'll buy some metaverse land. And then like everyone's like, it's just, there's no strategy behind it. There's no thought put into it. So for me, it's like just a shift in pressure, but in a good way. It's allowing me to think strategically how we're going to deliver these things. What does the communication plan look like in a really thoughtful, meaning way that then ties back to House of Kiba's brand and what we're doing, actually building that into a brand versus just a product delivery service. Um, so it's just a shift of pressure and mindset, but for the right reasons. Um, it's, it's just, it's, it's adding way more meaning to me as someone in the space versus like just executing and having that pressure of needing to execute. I'm actually now thinking about executing against really meaningful products and building a brand that has meaning and ties to those products. And that's the exciting stuff for me. Yeah. No, makes sense. That's fair. Um, good. Uh, I do want to touch just for a moment on gaming because it is such a big thing for House Kiba and obviously a little bit for Finley as well. <laughs> um, what do you think about um, strategizing with gamification uh, during the bear market? I I think it's it, it's in a bear market you 
putting out products and building FOMO and doing these things is a natural challenge, right? Because people are afraid to spend money and, and jump into something new they're unsure of. Um, what gamification can help do, bear market or not actually, is really encourage engagement and engagement can grow followers, communities, fans, and you don't need to be even putting out tons and tons and tons of new content or products to gamify one, how you communicate or gamify how you leverage your existing products that are on the market. And I think, um, finding ways to continually engage your people and the other new people out there will be critical. I mean, look at what in what, I mean, very web two example, but it's fitting is that like take TikTok for an example, they gamified their whole platform through something so simple and consumable trends, dancing, things people understand and relate to. They rewarded people for doing those trends or for being more engaged. So if I got on TikTok and I engaged and then I engaged again, I got rewarded with them pushing my content farther. And that created this sense of like, in a really simple way, like that sense of belonging and want it got me to get my friends on. And, and you can do that in the same way um, with, you know, whether it's, your Discord, your Twitter, your, say for us, our metaverse land we're building out where maybe we have people bring in their people that have never been part of Web3 and get to explore something. Maybe it's our play to earn game we've built and we're doing tournaments and there's rewards. Like you really, it, it just, it, gamification is an empowering thing from one, from a group perspective and an individual perspective. So you can leverage gamification in both ways. And um, I just find that powerful when it comes to both marketing and just like engagement in general. So I think it's, it's, it's critical. It gives, it gives your people a voice. It gives them a purpose and it, and it gets, keeps them excited. So, um, I, I'm a big fan of just gamification across the board. In general, all the time. <laughs> all the gamification, give it all to me. <laughs> everywhere okay good i want you to kind of think about if you're talking directly to collectors right now and consumers and that kind of audience what would you want them to know and what would you advise them to do during this bear market yeah um for me it's really finding the people you connect with and the brands you connect with. I think um, I've watched some really amazing communities grow organically in the bear market from nothing. And it turned into this, it's like this, you know, snowball effect of like-minded people coming together and rallying around something. It gave those people greater purpose and, like a lot of people, an opportunity to meet new people they haven't met or find new projects they haven't found. Um, I'd say use it as an opportunity to explore what you actually want within the space versus trying to follow 
what others are constantly doing or what someone says to do. Take it as a moment to actually learn and and discover because if you're if 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 the trends are shifting from just flipping NFTs all day to building real products and and opportunities for um, people to grow and 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 better their life experiences through NFTs, like now is the time to really think about like what can NFTs or Web3 in general do to help you as a consumer or a collector? Um, I'd also say just for myself personally, I like support indie artists. Go out there and like, if you like music, there's there's music NFTs out there. Those sorts of things actually help artists so much because they can actually make money and can and then connect with their people and then you as a holder might be able to earn royalties from it or things like that like think about what your interests are interests are and go support the creators that are making those things that you're really interested in um i think that's there's so much innovation and truth behind behind these creators out there that got lost in the web 2 space behind companies that were holding on to data they owned that you helped them build. And we have an opportunity now to take a lot of that power back as a collector or as a consumer. So I'd also say I'm just super excited that you're here early with us because um, this is the beginning. This is literally the very, very beginning still. And um, we're all learning. We all are figuring it out as we go. And um, I'm, I'm, just as novice in the space as prop, like in some ways as someone entering today. So I think um, that's how early it feels like we are still. Yeah. Awesome. Really great. Would you add anything or change anything if you're talking directly to people just starting projects right now? <laughs> I have nice ways to say this and like, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, let's shoot for the middle road <laughs> yeah i mean for me there's clearly still a lot of people coming into the space especially when it comes to celebrities and things like that that are coming to make a quick buck and 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 i i would just say don't even try like it's not it's that's not why we're here. And and not to say I don't want celebrities in, because I, I have friends that are celebrities that are in the space or people we've partnered with that are celebrities in the space. I, everyone's welcome in the space if they're here for the right reasons. The Web3 community can take you down so fast if you are <laughs> here for the wrong reasons. And we've seen it time and time again. But the other beautiful thing is if you're here for the right reasons, the Web3 community can boost you and mo- give you momentum faster than you've ever seen before. And I think that's what's so inspiring is once people really understand your purpose in um, what you have to bring to Web3, there's endless support to go around. And that that is the really exciting thing. So come with ideas and um, it's okay if your ideas are similar to other people's ideas. Like, I mean, it's it doesn't like... It's, it's the same way in the real world. Like we have products, different brands that do the same things and that's okay. Everyone can find their different value proposition. Um, but yeah, just come with genuine intentions and um, try to 
create something that you want to bring to the world that maybe you didn't have the opportunity before and then leverage the the community to give you real feedback and and then and and help you build it versus you trying to build it on your own because that's this the foundation of web3 and nfts is built on communities and and communities building things up so yeah that be keeping that open mindedness and and that willingness to accept others and their feedback i think it's just is super important and can only help better your experience and everyone else's experience. Awesome. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Um, it's time to start wrapping up. So is there any points that you think we skipped over you want to mention and or anything you'd like to plug? Um, I mean, I just, again, I think for me, I've, I've harped on it over and over again that, um, we are early, but we're in the beginning phase of true brand building. And I don't think this necessarily happened in the same way it will happen now. And so keep an eye out for that. It's like, yes, there are these major brands um, like a Yuga Labs and Bored Apes that kind of got this prestigious brand built around them. Um, some of it was timing. Some of it was hype. Some some of it was products like the end of the day now though, is it's going to be hard for tons and tons of brands to do that the same way. It's hard for there to be a hundred Nikes or a hundred apples. Right. So, um, what I'd say is, yeah, just find your place and the people you want to help build. Um, cause there's still a lot of room to bring up those meaningful, inspiring um, brands and products. So, I mean, other than that, you know, have fun. And I'm not going to I'm not going to shill you on anything today. But uh, you know, I, I, I'm just I'm, I'm really happy to be here and just um, connect with you, Alex, and hopefully connect with the Venley community again and um, keep building with you because I think you know, you know, we're at the beginning still. We've got a lot of work to do, but it all happens when you build great partnerships with people and um, grow together. Definitely. Couldn't agree more. Perfect. All right. Well, then very last question here. Who should we have on Venley Expert Talks next? Ooh. This is your chance to call somebody out. <laughs> this, is, this is my like NFT nerd side coming out. Um, Perfect. This is me total like consumer brain on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's this community called Moonrunners and they did a free mint like a month ago, maybe a little more than a month ago. And their community just exploded based on like lore stories and um, changing the, when the moons changed in real life, the, P, the, the PFPs changed and like, They've built this insanely engaged community only on Twitter. They don't have Discord. And then they, their founders, they haven't like doxxed, but they just released this amazing tweet about like what the whole like purpose was. And it, it's all community empowered. And um, they've got this really great community manager named SK. I can send you his Twitter if you want to reach out. Um, he does such a great job leading Twitter spaces and helping like 
unlock the riddles and it's just been for me as a fan so fun to watch and i think it would be a great topic to talk about like one community empowerment and how the community actually can shape your nft project versus it just being a founder shaping it um and i believe they're going all the way into creating a dao and a number of other great things so um it might be a cool conversation to talk with them about how it all came to life from a free mint that's still trading really well on OpenSea, all the way to now like community driven project that has long long term potential to succeed. So, yeah, I, I can happily connect you if if you'd like. Yeah, definitely. That sounds great. I love that you're so enthusiastic so about it. <laughs> So I even have like Twitter notifications set up when they tweet. It's so important. <laughs> I love it. No, that's great. That's great. Yeah, let's do it for sure. Awesome. All right. Well then, Ryan, thank you again so, so much for taking your time. It's been a very engaging conversation. And uh, yeah. Happy to be here. Thanks again for having me. Yeah. Look forward to seeing what we continue to do in the future. All right. Talk to you soon. If you liked today's episode, please rate, follow, or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. And if you really like our content, join our Discord community, where there's always good conversation, exciting news, and live AMAs. Thanks for listening.